0: Good morning. That was a little better. Good morning. You guys are sleepy today. Um, Everybody went to the lake yesterday, I guess. Everybody's sleepy. That's okay. Uh, Good morning. Love you guys. Excited to be here this morning. I do want to say really quick, um, we don't really um, do a lot of the, the patriotic hymns and stuff. We just focus on Jesus, but I do think we'd be amiss this morning if we didn't say happy Memorial Day in this place. I know some of you guys have served, some of you guys have family members that have served, and I just want to say thank you for that. Um, I know that that's a a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice that, um, you know, doesn't always get acknowledged, but I just thank you because we can do this this morning because people are out there on the battlefield somewhere making that possible for us. And uh, there's a lot of places maybe we can't meet in a setting like this. The church is thriving in those areas, but thank God we can roll up in our cars today in the daylight and walk in the doors because somebody um, thought it was important to fight for those freedoms for us. And if that was you or your family, I just want to say thank you today. I appreciate that and I appreciate you guys. Um, But this morning... um, I just wanna invite you with me to turn to Colossians. I um, haven't heard that one in a while. I heard some ooze out there. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't know. I should preach out of Colossians more often. That's great. Um I'm gonna let Caleb do one one morning on obscure Bible verses. He's amazing at that. Um he pulls out just random books. You're like, I didn't even know that book was in the Bible and there's some good verse that comes out of that. Um But this morning, we're going to be in Colossians 3. We're going to start a new series this morning, and I'm so excited about it. It's called Look Up. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll just do it for me. Uh, Yeah, It's called Look Up, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of looking up, and I don't want to preface it too hard this morning because I don't want to give everything that we're going to talk about away, but I just believe that maybe for some of us, or a lot of us, or maybe all of us, there's a strong temptation right, to, to set our perspective in the wrong direction. I believe that it's probably always been a thing for the church because there's obviously writings about it where people that live a lot of our life kind of in the flesh and then this thing happens or we interact with Jesus and now we're this new man, this new creation and we just don't really know what to do with all that and what we think we do is we go to church and then we continue to focus on all the things we used to focus on and I just want to say that's, that's false today. Um, and I I hope through Colossians three, maybe this morning that we can get into some of that and talk about that. But, um, man, so excited about, um, so excited about this. So just, I'm going to pray one more time if that's okay. I'm going to do it either way. So it might as well be, but, um, I just want to ask you to pray with me this morning that God would open up our hearts to this. This is such an important thing to be honest. Um, in the church, and I feel like I miss it, and you miss it, and we miss it, and man, I believe transformation could happen in us, and in our city, and our lives, and our homes, if, if we would just get around what God's saying in this next few moments, so let's just pray. Father God, this morning, we thank you. God, we pray this morning that you open our hearts, and our eyes and our ears. God, anybody that has ears to hear, let them hear. And anybody that has eyes to see, let them see. Um, God, this morning that you would maybe um, reorganize and reprioritize our lives. God, that this morning you would speak this into our hearts. God, I know there's so much tension um, and in living in, in the world and living in the church. And, and we try to balance those things and figure those things out. And God, this morning, I pray that we would just hear what you say about those things, not what I say about those things or what somebody else's opinion is on those things. But God, this morning that you would just speak so strongly in this place, God, that we would see lives changed and hearts healed. Um, God, this morning, I, I'm, I'm inadequate. I can't do anything. I'm just a man just like everybody else and maybe you've given me a talent and a gift to stand and to and to read your word and to kind of talk about it but God we know me and you know that everything that's said that's worth anything comes from you. God that I can't do anything that's just thoughts and opinions without the blessing of the Holy Spirit and God this morning I'm just praying that you just move in a way that I can't God. Because, God, I don't want to just continue to stand and speak and continue to to miss it myself and continue to see other people miss it. God, if there's no transformation in this page, then what are we doing in this place? So, God, this morning with with an open heart, I say I'm ready to receive. And God, I pray that there are other open hearts that got fertile soil this morning for you to just scatter the seed um, and God will see change happen. God, change us. And then, God, use us to see other people changed. Um, It's like the whole goal of the church. God, this morning, we love you and we thank you and we believe um, believe you're here. We believe you're for us. We believe you're going to speak this morning because we believe you are powerful and you want to see us changed. So, God, this morning, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And um, sometimes I just get kind of going in worship, and it's hard to get that transition there. Um, And I'm okay with that. But I don't want to just trip over my words this morning either. Um, So um, this morning, we're going to be in Colossians 3. And like I said, we're going to start this new series, Look Up. And I'm just going to kind of run into it from this point on. But um, Colossians three or Colossians itself is a letter written to the church by a man named Paul. Um, I think it 's amazing when you look at kind of the back half of this book. All these letters were written to churches right it 's like you can 't find a letter in here that 's like uh, the letter Paul wrote to the lost people right, which means everything in this is not you know so much for people who aren 't believers but it 's for people who are believers that they would be written to a group of people kind of like us who would come in and maybe sit in a little room or a house and maybe fill up a basement. I don't know if they have basements in the Middle East, but if they do, maybe they come into the basement. And we would sit around and they would read this letter to a group of people that like us are from different backgrounds with different histories, but are brought together under the blood of Jesus. People who would say, I'm saved. I know him. People who would say, I've given my life to him. And all these letters, um, they, they're talking to us. And what I want you to hear this morning is, if, if that's not you, um, it doesn't exclude you this morning. We're going to talk about the gospel this morning, but um, all the good deeds in the world are not going to get you to heaven. All the change in your life, changing your clothes, changing your words, and you know, all that's going to get you to heaven. It's only by the blood of Jesus. And, and today, I, I want to say that's an opportunity for you. If you don't know Jesus, Jesus' arms are open today. When he died on the cross, he welcomed everybody in. Everybody has a shot, and those he would call will be saved. And if God's calling you this morning, I just want you to know, like, he died for you, he gave his life for you. Um he he obliterated on the cross your sin and your shame and your guilt and, and you're welcome into the family of God this morning, um, through this thing called repentance. God, I'm sorry that I'm who I am, right? And I need you. It's that simple it really is. Um, But this morning we're going to read a lot of stuff and a lot of this is lifestyle stuff and I just want you to hear It's written to the church. So if you're not part of the church, you can change your lifestyle all you want It's never going to get you to heaven It's the blood of Jesus that does that So I just wanted to preface that this morning because I think so many times we we come into church and we hear do this Don't do this do this don't do this and none of that matters If you don't know Jesus, you can do all the things in the whole book. If you don't know Jesus, it's not going to help you. You cannot do all the things in the whole book. If you don't know Jesus, it's not going to help you. He says, I am the way, right? I am the truth and I'm the life. And if you want any of that stuff, you got to come through me. And this morning, um, that's an opportunity for you. And we're going to get there. But for those of us that know Jesus this morning, this, this letter was written to us. It's written to people like us and through history to us. And that means everything on this page, it's for us. And everything we're going to read this morning, it's from Jesus' mouth to us through the hand of a man named Paul. And this morning, he kicks off three in this letter written to the church about how to live out your Christian life. He, he writes, so if you have been raised with the Messiah, and what he's saying is if you have been churchward saved, right? if you've had a resurrection moment, if you were, like it says in Ephesians 2, dead in your trespasses and your sins, which is where we start out. We don't start out life as bad people. We start out life as spiritually dead people separated from God. If, if you were dead in your trespasses and your sins, and it goes on under the power of Satan and headed towards the wrath of God, but God has made you alive with the Messiah, this is what he's talking about. That we were dead and we had this resurrection moment where we gave our life to Jesus and, and he pulled us up out of our death into life. If that's you, is what he's saying. This is who this letter is written to. Written to people who know Jesus, who've come into relationship with Jesus. But I love how he words it, don't you? He's writing to the church. He's writing to a group of people like us who are sitting around in a room. But he uses this weird phrase. He says, so if you have been raised... So if you have been raised, I think that it's so amazing today. And I know maybe you're like, I don't really I'm not really there with you. Um, But what he's saying to us is it's very possible to be here this morning. And it's very possible to hear this letter this morning. And it's very possible to do the church thing, right? Some of us come in every week and we know we're lost. We come in this building every week and we're lost and we're waiting for the right moment or whatever our deal is. It's very possible to come in this room and not know Jesus. And he's writing this then, right? Which means it was possible then, but it's still possible today. It's possible today we're surrounded by people that don't know Jesus. But he's talking to an audience of people that do know Jesus. And he says, so if you have been raised the Messiah, if your church word saved, he says, seek what is above. Seek what is above. I have the definition for seek back there. Somewhere, it's coming. Seek is to attempt to find something. When you seek something, you're you're looking for something. You you, you like really want to find it. You, you've ever met somebody that's like a really bad finder? That's like the person you never send for the car keys, right? Like, oh, they they walk in the room. They're sitting on the table. They walk right by it, and they're like. Nope, they come back out, and you end up having to go do it yourself. You found those, you know, those people. Sade's is one of those people. Don't ask Sade to find something. It's not details, people. Right? That's not the kind of look he's talking about here. He's not talking about like glance around the room here. He's talking about like seeking, like really looking for, investigating, trying to find. He says seek, attempt to find something, put in the work to find something. Or number two, attempt or desire. I love that word, desire. To obtain or achieve something. It's this hunger in us. He says, If you've been raised with the Messiah, earnestly look for what is above, or hunger for what is above. I think if we can be accused of anything today, it's that we don't do that, right? Can you, can you imagine what he's saying here? If you've been raised with the Messiah, look up. Turn your perspective up. Look towards what's in heaven, not towards what's on the earth. Earnestly look for, not like an apathetic, I'm just kind of going to walk in the room and glance around, but like desire, hunger, the things that are above. Now, you, we won't raise your hand. I about said raise your hand, but we won't do that. Most of us probably have grown up in church, right? Maybe some of us, we didn't really go to church, and like we come in the door one day for some reason, and we're just like, man, I'm there. But most of us were probably raised in church, and I think if, if we'll just be honest today, most of what we've seen in church attendance for like our whole life is this very apathetic looking for Jesus, right? And really what it is is like a, I don't really care if I find Jesus. I'm just kind of going to walk in the room and glance, and if he shows up, awesome, and if he doesn't, awesome it's an apathetic desire for Jesus, right? We we come to church cuz i mean maybe. Maybe we even read the bible cuz maybe, right? Like, well, i'm going to read something today. Maybe maybe we never pick up our bible. That's a good example of apathetic looking for Jesus. I don't care if i find him, but maybe we pray kind of, right? Like god bless his food, give me my subway. Like, you know, like that's not really desiring, hungering God, is it? But it's it's religion. Coming to the church, saying the prayer, singing the songs. Maybe your radio station's always flipped over to K Love, and that's that's awesome, that's beautiful. Love it. But like are you really looking up? Are you really hungering for the things above? Are you really, have you really set your perspective up? Because he says, here's what a resurrected life should look like. Somebody that's come in contact with Jesus should have a desire, a hunger to find what's in heaven. And just like we started out the statement writing to the church and he said, not everybody in here is saved. What he's saying to the church is not everybody in here is looking the right way. Some of us today, maybe a lot of us, maybe all of us today, we come in this place week after week, we we do the stuff, we know the prayers, we know the songs, we know know the Bible enough, right? But really, like if you think about it, is there a hunger in your heart for the things that are above, or is it just kind of like, if I find him, I find him? That's, that's the question on the table today. That's, that's, the, that's the thing we're going to deal with really for the next few weeks. Is, is our relationship with Jesus one that is, man, I just really, 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 really want Jesus. I really, 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 really want the things that are above. I really desire heaven. Or is it if I find him, I find him. And this is Paul writing to the church at Colossians years and years and years ago and the same questions on the table he says if you have been raised with the messiah look up seek what is above look towards heaven now that's amazing but for many of us our version of what's in heaven is skewed isn't it when you think about heaven what do you think of streets of gold i got a mansion right like we're thinking mansion over the hilltop. or you're like oh mom and dad or loved ones are going to be there Blah 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 and those are great things Pearly gates, so oh, cool. I'd like to see that one day. That's not why I'm going to heaven, but I mean, I'd, I'd enjoy, like, okay, streets of gold, that's cool. Um, I don't think it's going to be a mansion, so I won't go there. I'm not trying to offend people today. And, you know, there's people in heaven today that were here, and I want to see those people, and I'm not knocking any of that. But, like, that's not going to be enough to motivate you to look up for very long, is it? Because here's the thing, there's money here, right? We can find it somewhere. You work hard enough, you you do the right thing, you, you can get money. There's people here. You can find more people, right? And you, you're never going to quit loving those people probably, but, I mean, you can find people to attach to here. There's beautiful buildings here. There's very nice paved roads. I don't know where, they're not in Knoxville, but, I mean, they're there. Um, <laughs> drove down the interstate lately, you know what I'm talking about. Um, they're here, right? And that's not going to be enough to motivate you to look up for very long. So he just, he just writes here what we're looking at when we look up. He says, if you've been raised with the Messiah, those of you that are Jesus people, not church people today, be with me. He says, look up. And then he says this, he says, where the Messiah is seated. So what's the first thing he talks about when he says looking up? Jesus. He's like, look up where Jesus is. You know what we're seeking when we look up? Jesus. Jesus. You know what we're, we're hungering for when we look up? Number one, first thing, when we look up, you know what we wrap our hunger around? It's Jesus. You know what we desire, what we seek? Not just looking, like kind of glance in the room, but what we're digging for when we look up? Jesus. He says, hey, people that know Jesus, that have had a resurrection moment, people that, that are saved, church word here, people that know him. He, he said, when you look up, here's the first thing I want you to look for. Jesus. I want you to look to the Savior, the promised one, the one that you know, the, the died on the cross for you. I want you to throw all your effort at that. When your perspective changes, if it's going to change for very long, what you've got to fix your eyes on is Jesus. He says, look up where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. What's the second thing in heaven? God. God. The Father. He says, set your perspective on heavenly things. Not on the streets of gold. That's awesome. That's a side effect of heaven. That'll be cool. Not on the pearly gates. That's awesome. That's a side effect of heaven. It's going to be cool. Not on your loved ones. Not on your mansion. Not on there's no sickness and death. Those are all great things in heaven. But what we want to talk about and what we want to look to when we look up and towards heavenly things is not all the side effects of heaven, but the heart of heaven. He says, we need to wrap our lives around Jesus And the father. That's what a resurrected life should look like, is what he's saying. Now, it's possible today that not everybody in this room knows Jesus. He prefaced the whole thing with that, right? So if maybe you have been raised. And it's possible today that a lot of us have sat in this building and we do know Jesus. And we've known Jesus for some time, but our perspective is in the wrong spot. He says that's possible today. But he said, here's the truth of it. We don't need to live that way. We can't live that way for very long. We, we can't continue in this for very long. He says, if you, if you want to really live, you got to look up. And you got to seek what's above. So are you... Hungering for the things of heaven, or are you apathetically looking for Jesus. All right? We could we could dig in in this moment, couldn't we? We could be like, okay, let me evaluate my relationship with Jesus, and we could we could go through all the things, right? Like, do I care if I hear from him tomorrow? Do I pray? Do I read the Word? If you don't read the Word, your relationship with Jesus is not very good. If you don't pray. This says constantly in the Bible, but let's just, let's just say don't pray a couple times a day. Let's do that. We'll start easy. Not really hungering for Jesus, right? You, you don't talk about Jesus, probably not really desiring Jesus. So what today is your relationship like with Jesus? Is it good? Like, man, I, I really want him, or is it if I find him, I find him? Because he says a resurrected life should look different. A resurrected life should look up. A resurrected life should be aimed at and pointed towards Jesus who's seated in heaven with God. So if you've been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above. Where the Messiah, where Jesus is, comma, seated at the right hand of God. Then he says in verse 2, he says, set your minds on what is above. It looks like he's saying the same thing, doesn't it? But it's not. Seeking is a vision thing, right? Like I'm, I'm looking to heaven, I'm, I'm glancing at heaven, I'm, I'm hungering for heaven. But, but this set your minds, it's a completely different thing. Same substance, still Jesus, still God. But he says set your minds on what's above. I have the, I have the word for set up there too, I believe, definition for set. Set is to be situated or fixed on a specific place or position. Imagine that we're fixated. I've I've fixed my mind on heaven. I've set my mind on heaven. I've I've situated my mind on heavenly things. I have decided, I've made up my mind and I've resolved my heart that that I'm going to push towards heaven. See, we think about minds, we're like, that's where the thoughts originate from, right? That's what we think about when we think about minds. Our minds are just our thoughts, our intelligence, our intellect. But our minds really do everything, don't they? Like, if you take the brain out of your body, how useful is your body? It doesn't do anything, does it? It's just really without, if we were like, emotions, that's where the heart's from. No, the heart's just a muscle. It keeps blood going through there. I don't think it does anything else. There's no thinking power in my heart. See, everything that controls everything I do is right here, isn't it? Like, the reason I can move my hand is because my brain's telling something. Some of you are smarter than me, and you can go through all this, but I'm just, I'm just going to do it. My brain's telling something to move my arm. The reason I'm walking around stage today is my brain's telling my legs to do something. I don't know how it does that. It's like space magic or something. I don't know any of that, but like it's happening. This thing up here is beaming everything out here, right? I'm this, this talking today, my brain's telling something in here to do something, and that's making this thing happen. The brain, it does everything. My my feelings actually come from my brain. My my mindset comes from my brain. My brain controls everything that I do. It's, it's really amazing, and we don't even use that much of it. Some of us never use it, right? <laughs> I love you. Um, but my brain, it tells me everything that I need to do. Everything that I do comes from my mind. So when we set our mind on something, it doesn't just set my thoughts towards something, does it? Like, that's amazing. That would be a lesson in itself, When it? Set your thoughts towards heaven. Some of us would have revival right there in that moment. If I set my thoughts towards heaven, because my thoughts are on other stuff all the time, aren't they? I got to do this, I got to go here, I got to make this thing happen, I got to do this, and it's like, oh yeah, and Jesus is there, and then I need to go to the bank, and you know, like, that's us a lot of times. So maybe even just that this morning, if I set my thoughts towards heaven, it'll change everything this week for some of us. But see, my brain doesn't just control my thoughts, it controls my emotions, set my emotions towards heaven. I got to feel about stuff, how Jesus says I got to feel about stuff, I got to put stuff in perspective. You know who the greatest love of our life should be? Jesus. You know the thing we should desire more than anything else in life? You know what that should be? Jesus. You know what? Time over every other time we should be jealous over? Time with Jesus. You can DVR the thing if you need to watch it. But if you're running out of time, guess who needs the time? Jesus. See, my emotions should be set upward. but wasn't my brain also control it controls my actions? Even my actions should be set towards heaven. What he's saying is here when he says fix your mind on what's above, fix your mind on heaven, he's saying set everything towards heaven. Not just your thoughts. Your thoughts, man, that would change your life. Not just your emotions, that would change your life. And not just your actions, that would change your life. He wants the whole package. He's like set everything towards heaven. See, what most of us need today is a master reset. See, because we came into this world breathing, but we were spiritually dead, right? And we lived, some of us two now, nah, two's a little young six years well, let's go there. six years,' some of us live six years in, in that spiritual death. Some of us live nine, some of 11, some of us 40 years in spiritual death. And you know what you learn in spiritual death? Everything that matters is right here. Everything that matters is what I want. Everything that matters is how I feel. And I leverage my life to get what matters. You know what matters? Money. You know what matters? Stuff. You know what matters? You, we could do this game all day long, couldn't we? How people treat me. You know what matters? If they spoke to me, you know what matters? How I feel about that person. You know what matters? How big my house is. You know what matters? What my car looks like. You know what matters? What my relationship looks like. You know what matters the least in your Life. Everything I just mentioned. Because I'll be honest, all that stuff's temporary, right? We're not here for 80 years and then we go in a hole. That's the greatest lie the devil's ever made up. Because if he can make you think that all that we're going to do is be here for 80 years and they're going to put us in a hole and it's all over, go live it up. Because you got 80 years. You better enjoy it. See, in reality, this is a blip on the radar of eternity. We just ping the radar and we're gone. That's what God says. Different words, right? You fragrance, your flower. You ever seen how quickly a flower just blooms and it's gone? Just a few days, right? He says, that's us. And for most of us, we throw our entire life, our entire mindset, our entire being at trying to improve that six days. And God's saying, that's not you anymore. If you've been raised with the Messiah, you don't end when they put you in a hole. You live in eternity forever. So instead of spending all your effort improving the next six days. Why don't you throw everything at heaven where you're going to spend eternity? Why don't you throw everything towards Jesus, the one who made that a possibility for you? Why don't you throw everything at, at God? He says, if you've been raised with the Messiah, it's possible today that you haven't. You Maybe just showed up. And it's possible today, maybe, that you, you've been looking for the wrong thing. It's, it's possible today. I would, I would say it's obvious today. And it's possible today. And 99, 100% of us have missed fixing our mind on heaven. But what he's saying is it doesn't have to be that way. There's another possibility. There's another opportunity today. You don't have to throw everything you got at your job that you're going to retire from or you're going to die or somebody else is going to be better at. You don't have to do that. You don't have to spend every ounce of your life trying to improve your bank account, which maybe looks great, but it doesn't matter in eternity. You don't get to take your debit card with you. They can put it in the box. They can't get it through the gate. It doesn't have to be that way. Because if we're honest, isn't all that stuff really fruitless and meaningless at the end of the day anyway? Anybody ever thought, man, when I get here, it's going to be awesome. And then you get there and what's the first thing you say? It hasn't hit me yet. Let me just speak what that really means. I'm kind of disappointed because it doesn't feel like what I thought it would feel like. Graduation, right? Great for about 30 seconds. Because you get all those cards with the money in it. (laughs) And then you say, it hasn't hit me yet. I'm not complete. Promotion, right? Work hard, work hard, work hard. Finally, somebody recognizes you, probably four years into working hard. You get that promotion. How do you feel? Oh, it's great. It hasn't hit me yet. Disappointing. All of it is. All of it is. All of it's just trying to put paint on a flower that's dying. And Paul says through Jesus, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to throw all your eggs into the promotion basket today. And be empty when you get it. You want to be fulfilled and complete. He says you can, you can do something else. You can look up. And once you see what's up, let's just be honest. Once you really see what's up, you will set your mind on it. Once you really see what's up, you'll fix your heart on it. What he's really saying to us today is don't pour everything into what's down here. Pour everything into what's up there. Leverage everything in your life, not towards the next big thing, but towards the only big thing. He says, set your mind pour everything in to what's above. And then he just comes back and he qualifies it. he said, not what's on the earth. Not what's on the earth. What's on the earth? Like everything, right? Everything except Jesus and God, that's, that's on earth. Can I be honest with you? If you're throwing your life into anything, if you're throwing your effort into anything that's not Jesus or God, This is who he's talking to today is you. I'm not saying you can't have a job and you can't do well at your job. And I'm not saying you can't seek promotions. I'm not saying that. But if that's the desire of your heart, you're wrong. If you're spending more time trying to get somebody to notice you than you are trying to invest in God, you're wrong. I'm not saying you can't have hobbies. I have hobbies. Anybody that's ever met me, I don't I don't really even sleep anymore. <laughs> I'm doing something all the time. I, I like to. Right? We're not gonna be here long. I'm gonna do as much as I can while I'm here. But I'll be honest, I would sell every bit of that stuff if I felt like it was getting in the way. Relationships. If you're in one, right, does that person make you happy all the time completely? You not have to shake your head if you're sitting by them. <laughs> but they know, right, you fight. It's because we all have selfish hearts and we disagree and we want different things. That person can't fulfill you. Not all the time. Maybe they help, right? I'm not saying get out of your relationships. Paul probably would, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, actually, he did. Um <laughs> Moving on. Um, but they can't, can they? But let me ask you this. Where do you spend most of your time and your effort and your energy? See, what we do, because we're creatures that live in this place, and it's all we've ever known. We get enamored by this place, don't we? And the devil, he's, he's awesome at it, isn't he? Wave a little money over here. That's my thing. Wave a little pleasure over here. That's my thing. Oh. Maybe money's not your thing, maybe pleasure's your thing. Maybe power is your thing, right? Maybe popularity is your thing. Maybe family is your thing. I gotta be surrounded by people because I gotta feel loved. See, we're we're creatures that live in the horizontal. We think about all these things all the time because we're surrounded by all these things, and he's challenging us. He's like, You're not horizontal creatures anymore. You're resurrected creatures. What's the motion of a resurrected life? Up. He says, you're, you're vertical creatures now. And he says, you're going where? You're going up. So where should your eyes be set? Up. You're leaving everything here. Your job is not going to heaven with you. Thank the Lord. I will not be surrounded. I love you guys. I don't want to be surrounded by middle schoolers all day long, forever in heaven. I love you. You're hormonal. It's what it I was there. It's whatever. This is what it is. I don't want to be surrounded by, by tension of relationships in heaven forever. I don't want to be surrounded by this thought that I've got to earn my way to something greater in heaven forever. I don't want to be surrounded by that. I want to be set free from that. And we can be set free from it there, obviously, but we can be set free from it here is what he's saying. When we aim everything at Jesus, when we aim everything up, when we get engaged with the vertical, because you know what happens when you get engaged with the vertical? You'll become a better employee because God's changing you, right? In the word, what's it say? Work like you're working for God, not like you're working for man. People notice you maybe, and if they don't, do you need stuff? If you got the king of heaven, do you need stuff? No, because it says in the word, right? Like If if the sparrows, if they're going to get fed, you're going to get fed. He says, you can get out of all that. You can get engaged in the vertical. You're going to be a better husband or a better wife or a better parent if you get engaged in the vertical. It's just true, right? You, everything else will work itself out if we will just set our eyes and our mind towards heaven, is what he's saying. And he's coming in here and he's like, hey, you know what? It's possible today. Not everybody knows Jesus. So if that's you, I just want you to know that's the starting place. Ignore everything else. But if you know Jesus, if you're a resurrected creature, you got to start living a resurrected life. Stop looking at everything down here and throwing your effort into everything down here. Throw your effort that way. You're a vertical creature now. You're resurrected. Work on that. And God will work on everything else. Set your mind... On the things of heaven. Not on this earth. And he says this in three, four, you have died. You have died. You're like, thank you for the cheery message today. I thought we were resurrected. We were dead. Now we're alive. Yeah, it's true. But the transaction that happens in that moment is old you does what? Dies. Dies. This is the revival moment of everything we need right here in this moment. If we could wrap our heads around this moment, it would change everything for us. Old me is dead. I'm not trapped in old me anymore, I'm not trapped in old way of life anymore. I'm not trapped in old history anymore. I'm not trapped in my past anymore. I'm not trapped on the horizontal anymore. Dead people are horizontal people. How do they lay you down? Flat and they put you horizontally into the earth. But live people, man, we're upward creatures. He says, old you is dead. You know what that means? All your wants and your desires and all those things that you used to throw everything at, they died with the old you. And he says, you can have new wants and desires today. You can have a new way of life today. You're a new creation, is what he would say. You have died And when you realize that, when that hits you, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, Wednesday. They didn't see me. Who cares? Jesus sees me. That part of me is dead. I'm going to look up. When it hits you, it will change everything. He says, for you have died, and he says this, and your life is hidden with the Messiah, with Jesus in God. You know why God wants us to look up? That's where life is. What did he tell us? Set our our hearts on the things of heaven, to to look, to seek heaven. Where what? Where the Messiah is and where God is. And then here at the end, right here at 4, what's he say? Your life is hidden in the Messiah in God. Real life is what he's talking about. Not, not like just moving around breathing is what he's talking about. When I think of life, I think of a couple words. Uh, fulfillment would be one. Purpose. Happiness. All those things are what I think about when I think about life. See, life is more than just breathing. Every one of us physically in this room, hopefully, we started out that way anyway because we got here, are alive. We'll find out in a few minutes if that's changed. We're physically alive. Remember when Jesus talked about life and he said this weird thing, and I can never get it out of my head. He said, life more abundant. I come to offer you life. But not just life like you're living in, not just the same with the Jesus stamp but a different kind of life, life more abundant. I can't get that out of my head because that's that's what I want. Anybody ever wake up on Monday and you think this is just the same? You're getting the monotony. That's not life more abundant to me. See, what Jesus said in that moment was you were built for a greater purpose than just walking around breathing. You're built for fulfillment and joy and happiness and and purpose. You're... You're built for all that. You're built to be complete. You're were, you were built to live in the joy of, of God. You're were, you were built for that. And for so many of us, we don't live in that, do we? And it all goes back, doesn't it? What are you looking for life in? What, what do you think going to fulfill you? And how's that working out for you? What do you think is going to complete you and how's that working out for you? What do you think that's going to bring you happiness and how's that working out for you? See, in reality, it all goes back to that seek what's above, doesn't it? To set our minds on what's above. See, for most of us, happiness is wrapped around our wallet or somebody. If I got this in the bank, I'll be happy. The richest people on the, in the planet are the most miserable. This is true. You know why they still work? billions of dollars and still trying to make more. You know why? Because they got there to that magic number and they thought, it just hadn't hit me yet. And then it hit them that that wasn't a big enough number. You know why people get addicted to substances? I'll be honest. Because they look for happiness in in a bottle or some, some little pill. Some of you have been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've tried it, right? You know why? It doesn't always just stay at one. Because one isn't enough, not for long. Maybe the first time one was great, and then again, it's not. You're chasing that feeling, but it you can't make you happy. It's incomplete. People, they can they can't make us happy. Maybe for a while, but you're never going to find real joy in in a human being, because we're all messed up. They can't make you complete because they're not complete. They can't give you purpose because that's not what they were created for. They were created to find purpose, not give purpose. And see, what we do is we get into this game where, where, where we're hunting for life, but we're hunting for life in all the wrong places. I think about it like this. Like, surely everybody in this room has hunted Easter eggs before. I know we're a little past Easter, but we'll, we're at the resurrection moment, so let's just go with it. Wouldn't it be silly if I, I, we all gathered outside and I had hid a bunch of Easter eggs in here. And I, and I said to you guys, all the eggs are hidden in the building. Go look. And everybody started looking around outside. No, not one person came in the building. Are you going to find any eggs? Not the ones I hid. Right? But isn't that what we do with Jesus? Jesus said, I can give you life. It's awesome. Thank you. I'm praying for that promotion. I can give you, I can give you a purpose. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Fix my relationship. See, what we've done is we've reduced Jesus to this little genie that just kind of adds to our life. And that's not what he is he's, He doesn't add to our life. he's not an additive, he's not something to be sprinkled on our life. He's not salt. He is our life he's He's the main course people like he's the thing, and if we'll focus on that, God will set everything else in place. That's reality. And that's why he writes this. He says, hey, if you have been raised. If that's you. I think this would be a great time, honestly, just to reflect on that. If you have been raised. Is that you? Have you given your life to Jesus? Has the old you died? Are you a resurrected preacher? Is that you? You. If you've been raised. Look up. Are you looking at the wrong thing today? Are you expending your energy in the wrong place today? Are you trying to to fix things that you were never meant to fix? Are you trying to manipulate things you were never meant to manipulate? Or are you throwing all your effort at Jesus today? I think it would be a good time to think about that. And then if you are looking up. If in your mind, right, like I want to go to heaven, I want to see Jesus, I I, I would like to stand before the Savior, I, I would like all those things. Have you set your mind on it? Are you aiming your life at Jesus? Are you looking for life in Jesus? Are you still looking for life down here? Are you still expending all your effort trying to fix some relationship or trying to get some promotion or trying to do something? Are you really throwing in with Jesus? What's your relationship with Jesus look like today? Maybe, maybe for some of us, I didn't even know I could have a relationship with Jesus. Every time I hear that word, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? If we're honest, there's probably some of us. Relationship with Jesus. I go to church that's great but isn't that down here have you set your mind on church I listen to the to the k that's great but that's down here I, I, I read the verse of the day it's beautiful what's it doing in you I pray yeah me too and other religions all over the planet they pray different people different gods see god invited us into more than that he invited us into a relationship not a religion there's people all over the planet that do religion and they look pretty similar to us to be honest but there's only one god who left heaven who stepped out of Glory and down into this place. There's only one God who wrapped his marvelous light in flesh and, and was held as a baby and grew up here 33 and a half years living a perfect life in our place. There's only one God that did that. And he didn't do that so we could come to church. We could have come to church without it. He didn't do that so we could listen to the right radio station. We could have done that without it. He did that so we could see God and have a relationship with God so we would know who God is. You know why he quit sending prophets? Because we weren't getting it from the prophets, right? And today, God's invited us into more than just taking somebody's word for who God is. He's saying, you come and see. Don't listen to some preacher and hope they can tell you everything about me in an hour or a week. They can't do it. You dig into the word and you figure out what I like and what I don't like. You see that I have a personality. You see that I have a heart for you. You see on your own that I care for you and I want you. And I gave everything. I emptied the vaults of heaven for you. You come and see that. You throw everything you got into me. Don't throw everything you got into work. Work's gonna leave you dead in a box. Maybe it'll be a nice box, but it's a box. Don't throw everything you got into relationships. They're gonna be in a hole, and you're gonna be in a hole, and they're not gonna do it for you. Throw everything you got into me, and I'll teach you everything you need to know about you. I'll change everything. I'll fix the horizontal if you'll look at the vertical. God today is inviting us into a vertical relationship. God wants to know you and he wants you to know him. Yeah. So how's your relationship with Jesus today? Where are you at? If you could describe it, right? Like scale of one to ten. One being I'm real far and ten being I'm real close. Where are you at? Seek what's above. Set your mind on what's above. Look for life in the Messiah because that's where life is. Today, God's inviting every person in this room into that.